Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here at the Raptors Digest reacting to some NBA news. Riker, John Collins of the Atlanta Hawks, he, there's been rumors all this season about him potentially moving on from the Atlanta Hawks this either offseason or via trade this year, but apparently the Hawks are fielding calls for John Collins right now. They have have they have him on the trading block and the Raptors, it's been noted again and again that we're in search of a new starting big man and this could be a potential trade scenario the Raptors could jump in on. Yep, he's been officially put on the block, Ben. I don't know if we had like a quote or something to put up on the screen, but it's common knowledge now. It's floating around everybody's feeds. This one gets me extremely, extremely excited, Ben, and I don't watch the Hawks a lot, so I wasn't extremely familiar with John Collins' game till I look at what he's done on the stat sheet, what his potential is compared to the other big name that the Raptors have been tied to be officially sort of looking at and pursuing in Andre Drummond. And so if we do kind of a side-by-side -side comparison to them, I think John Collins is just going to jump off the page at us. So I think people are going to get excited about this one. And then we, of course, have to make all of our comparisons to what is Aaron Baines delivering to us at the center position. So this is a really <laughs> fun one. No official reports that the Raptors are pursuing John Collins specifically, just that the Hawks have made John Collins available to trade. So let's break it down, Ben. Yeah, and we're going to be speculating whether or not this is a smart move for the Raptors to target, but a couple things on John Collins. As you said, it's important to bring up the stats. 18.1 points per game this season, 7 rebounds, or closer to 8 rebounds, and 40% from the 3-point line. He's not necessarily the biggest guy to play at the center. He's more of a natural power forward, but he's certainly built strong, and the ability to shoot the threes. He's only 23 years old as well, Riker, so that fits the timeline with the OG Ananobis and a little bit younger than the Siakams and Freds, but definitely push us, uh, pushes us more in that youthful movement. But he's a guy that can finish in the lane. He's strong with his body from the mid-range, from the three-point line, and he's in a role right now where Trey Young sort of dominates the offense for the Atlanta Hawks, and that's where these trade rumors really spiked up early in the season. Now, him and uh, Trey Young have come out and said that that was all foolishness and stuff, but the fact that he's on the trading block now is might be an indication that they were just sort of trying to mend something that was actually broken, but... He's been a guy that's demanded more of a role in the offense for the Atlanta Hawks. And one reason, obviously the Raptors, we sort of, we look at as a better team than Atlanta, but there's more of a role in the front court in Toronto than there would be with the Atlanta Hawks. Because they have a, a Kong Wu, Clint Capella, Trey Young is a more ball dominant point guard. So there could definitely be a, a natural fit for John Collins coming in. And if someone's comfortable enough, or if Masai Jerry, the real person that matters right now, if he's comfortable enough with... Uh, John Collins playing the center position for this team because you'd have him as your starting uh, center. You wouldn't put Siakam OG to the bench. You'd put Aaron Baines in, in that spot if you're bringing in a John Collins. But if Masai Ujiri is comfortable with him playing that role, it could be a mutual fit, mutual interest there. And he's a restricted free agent after this season. So that's going to be essential whenever you're making moves like this. Yep. Now, we're at that point. If you're watching this video, it would go a long way. Like, subscribe. I think this one, again, in particular, is going to make people excited. So if the prospect of pulling in John Collins over even somebody like Andre Drummond, who, again, has been highly rumored in the Raptor sphere, if this gets you excited, go into the like section, hit the like section. Get That's in that like section. <laughs> makes no sense. But, Ben, you hit the point. It's 
the 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 big the crux of this is John Collins wants a bigger role, and it's not necessarily that there's a front court uh, bundle or group or whatever you want to call it. That there's too many bigs on the Atlanta Hawks. It's that you said it. Trey Young is such a ball dominant point guard. He needs to be handling. He needs to do his dribble moves. Yeah, he hooks up a lot of his players for great flashy assists, but he's not the same mold as Fred VanVleet and Kyle Lowry who like to facilitate, who like to get all the players moving. So if John Collins wants to be a scoring big man, that's what we're lacking on the Raptors. So they would welcome a player like that. The big comparisons to make, obviously they're both Andre Drummond and John Collins are on the final year. They're both entering free agency, but John Collins is restricted. So you'd have a much easier time in keeping him around, but his stock is going to go up. So he's going to need more money. Whereas Andre Drummond, his stock is probably going down. He's you'd probably manage if you wanted to re-sign him after a season to pay him less. But Ben, again, the difference is John Collins, he's only 6'9. He's less of a rebounder, but he's mobile. So in small ball against Boston Celtics, you're probably comfortable to have him out there doing switches on the perimeter, you know, being able to defend the pick and roll better than Andre Drummond would, even though you're sacrificing a little bit on the interior with defense. And with rebounding, I think the rest that he gives you in terms of his ability to score, his ability to finish above the rim. If we want to tie Aaron Baines back into this, how many bunnies does this man miss? We're thinking about changing the Damari Carroll to the Aaron Baines participation award because he just can't finish a layup. So John Collins, I'm really, I'm really intrigued by this prospect that he can, you know, you can deliver to him high alley-oops. You can get him to finish with contact in the paint. Um, yeah, this is, this is a really, really exciting one for me, Ben. And I think if you're the Raptors, we're going to get into this. You have to, you're going to have to put up a couple assets, maybe a little bit more than you would with Drummond, but I think it's a move you'd, you'd want to make. Yeah. And I like that you brought up the dichotomy of John Collins because on the offensive end, he's a perfect fit for this team in terms of being able to play the small ball. He knocks down the three, 40% from the three point line record. That's a remarkable number right there. It's not on a crazy volume, but close to four a game, which is still enough to know it's not attempts. The, um, attempts. Yeah. Yeah. Four, four attempts per game. So it's not a, an Amir Johnson summer three where the percentages were high, but he was shooting one a game. But so that's very encouraging. He's mobile. All the things you mentioned. The offensive side, there's no questions. I think he's a better fit than Drummond. He's a better fit than most guys in the NBA. And one of the big issues with this team is we're great at scoring in transition. We're great at getting the the ball up the floor quickly, watching Siakam play quick. Uh, OG Ananobi bully his way when the defense isn't set. Fred Van Vliet hitting and Kyle Lowry hitting those transition threes. But when the game slows down, that's where we've really missed a guy like Marc Gasol who can create for players and create opportunities in the half court. Serge Ibaka who gets in that low block, who gets in that mid post and makes those buckets when the game is slowed down. So I think John Collins could really help with that, having another player that can create at that center position. But you brought it up. The defense... It's been questionable with John Collins for most of his career now. He's a great athlete, so he makes up for it at times with sheer athleticism, getting blocks, getting quickly over if he makes a poor read or something. So he's not a horrific defender by any means, but being 6'9", you're going up against the Embiid's of the world, the Giannis's of the world, these guys where you really need to clog the paint. We've had the luxury of a Marcus being down there, even Serge Ibaka, former uh, defensive player of the year candidate for many years, just being in that lane and clogging up the the paint for Vucevic's, these, these big guys that handle their business down low. 
I'm not sure if John Collins is suited for that position as well as those guys are, but the one thing I've really noticed this season, and yes, we do get, we're, we're one of the worst rebounding teams, Collins would help with that, but he, he's a good rebounder despite the fact he's not a super big guy, but this team forces the other uh, opposing teams to play in the post, to, to get their game going from down low, and yes, you'll see the center on the other rosters have big nights like Jonas Valanciunas went 27-20 against us, but it's coming in a loss, Riker, and in today's modern NBA, if you're playing the game through the post and you're doing strong enough defense, playing defense by committee, which Nick Nurse has sort of implemented, and we saw him implement those strategies in the playoffs, if you're playing that defense by committee, sure, it's not as effective as a proper big man to, to stop someone down low on that individual matchup, but the the gains you get on the offensive end, we beat that Grizzlies team even with Jonas having a monster night by, what was it, 20 points, Riker? And Jonas still had that monster night. So you win on the, the offensive speed, end of the floor. The speed, Ben. That's what the difference would be. Yes. You can finally get out and run transition, have five guys run. Exactly. So the offensive end, you just get that huge advantage. And there's a reason the league went small. And then Nick Nurse is enough of a strategist and can minimize the effects of a big man taking over the game to where it's not going to really kill you on the defensive end. So that's why I'm more inclined, certainly, than an Andre Drummond type of character who we don't even know if he'd be able to play in late fourth quarters of these games. I'd be more encouraged with a John Collins coming in. And as you said, I'm pretty excited about this potential path for the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, and I think that this is a really good point to note the segue. And as well, you wouldn't put him onto his natural position as the four. You wouldn't slide Siakam to the five. Ideally, you wouldn't slide OG to the five, though we're comfortable with that because mm -hmm. if he has to guard a guy who's going to be banging down in the post, you don't want your best players offensively to be picking up ticky-tack fouls. So you'd be more comfortable with John Collins, even if he's undersized, to still have to handle that defensive burden. But Ben... The, the, the difference is, I think still, and this is not a difference. I don't know why I said it that way. I think still, the point being, you, you'd be fine to, to give up games against Jonas Valanciunas or Alex Len. You're, you're going to let them score more often than they would with having Aaron Baines out there. But a game like Joel Embiid, where if Joel Embiid goes off, they will win that game. You still want to have a lumbering big. So... This is the segue into what would the trade package include? I don't think you put Aaron Baines into a deal if it's for John Collins, where you could if it was Andre Drummond, because you're getting back an equally menacing interior rim protecting big. Whereas John Collins, I still think you want the insurance pylon. And so you'd want to keep around Aaron Baines. I would think you mentioned it before we even started this podcast in our conversation that we'd probably have to give up some futures because I think what's interesting about the Atlanta Hawks team composition, their roster structure right now is, you know, they do have a lot of depth. They are pretty bloated, like you mentioned, and they probably want a, a win now piece. So I'm going to poach your trade idea, Norman, some picks and then some sweeteners, like some of our more deep bench guys. I don't know if that'd be enough to get it done, but I think the futures of this trade potential like giving them picks and letting them run with a tighter knit group that they already have i think that that could be a nice package to propose to the atlanta hawks ben first things first did you call aaron bades the insurance pylon <laughs> the insurance pylon 
We don't want him being a, a pylon shooting. We don't want our pylon shooting threes. But now he's the insurance pylon if this deal goes down. I like that nickname if any of these uh, big men come in and push Baines to the bench. But I see where you're coming from. But Joel Embiid, yes, he's a player that if he goes off, his impact is more felt than a Jonas Valanciunas. But on the other hand, we can look at the Philadelphia 76ers in the playoffs last year. And Embiid went off night after night against the Boston Celtics. And they got swept. And as you called them, uh, what is it, Tiny Tice or something? Tiny Tice, Little Ti- Tice. L- little Tice. Tiny Tice Ti- makes more sense. Yeah, t- Tiny Tice, Little Tice. He Obviously, people were thinking we were calling him a bad player with that nickname. No, he's a great defender. He's a solid role player for the Boston Celtics. But that's a small ball unit that the Raptors would sort of be familiar with, uh, be familiar style of play with that Boston Celtics team. And even though Embiid went off 24-7, the Celtics running that smaller ball unit were able to sweep that Philadelphia 76ers team. They didn't have Ben Simmons, which is for sure a factor that played into that, but that's just something to take into account when you're looking at, maybe you don't really need that insurance pylon, but I, I, I get what you're saying. It's good to have on this this squad. To, to sort of break down that trade that you brought up with Norman Powell, the question is because it's always hard to value your own team's assets and particularly in other teams when both of those players are going to become free agents following season. So Norman Powell is a guy that has been playing remarkable after his slow start to the year. And I know a lot of people are hesitant in trading Norman Powell because the way the level of performance and output he's been able to, to place. But I think he'd be a player you'd have to throw into the mix uh, to get a John Collins. As you said, you probably have to throw in a first-round pick because of uh, the youth that John Collins has on that roster. The one question that makes me wonder if we would have to give up that many pieces or even have to give up more, maybe a Terrence Davis or something and on top of all that, is... John Collins is expecting a max contract this year. He's kind of come out and said he wants the bag in restricted free agency. And there's been questions around the league. Everyone talking about that potential saying, I don't know how many teams are going to offer that sort of contract. So if he ends up being a guy that is one of those overpriced players you have to overpay for to keep on your team in restricted free agency because, you know, the Sacramento Kings are just going to max him out if you don't match the deal. So... If that's the case with John Collins, maybe his value goes a little bit down and you don't have to give up as much for him. But I think regardless, it's going to have to be a Norman Powell and a pick on top of it. But the question is with that, is Norman Powell is a piece that I think everyone is looking at to be a member of this team's core going forward. The His level of three-point shooting being a 40-plus percent three-point shooter, a mobile defender, a guy that when he's in the starting lineup looks like not an all-star, but whatever tier is below all-star, he's at that level in terms of scoring and defense being a two-way guy. So if the Raptors, Kyle Lowry's impending free agency is a big question mark. And in the tanking video I made yesterday, people were like, oh no, we should trade Lowry. Don't worry about all that, right? If Lowry does end up leaving in free agency or via trade this summer, Norman Powell, I think would be the perfect guy to line up into that starting shooting guard position. So Giving up Norm on top of a first-round pick, would you be comfortable with that, Riker, for a John Collins-type player? That's the very, very, very difficult thing about mm-hmm. managing trades right now if you're the Toronto Raptors front office is because you look at this team, and they are not win now. They're barely playoff now, right? They're, they're 
on the cusp of being eighth best team in the East, somewhere between, I'd say, ninth to sixth best team in the East. And I don't see that changing necessarily. And you just maybe, I think it's a little bit too early to tell, you might have got burned paying so much money to Pascal Siakam. Again, it's not like the Raptors had a lot of discretion in that transaction because somebody else would have paid him the exact same amount. But do you want to bring in a guy who you're going to have to pay another whopping sort of max mm-hmm. contract sum to i don't know and again that's the difference with drummond is his value is going down so you bring him in you could probably re-sign him for 10 or 15 million dollars per year similar to a serge Ibaka contract so i'm not sure but again if the raptors are not win now that means you have to make a trade and what are our trade pieces it's not chris boucher he doesn't have that market value yet it's our five only good players kyle who you know we're kind of back and forth about Fred, he can't be traded this season. OG, we don't really want to move. Pascal's impossible to move because he's a max contract guy. And Norm, Norm's the only guy left. And so I agree with everybody saying he's. it's pretty tough to move him because of how well he's done in that starting position. But if, if you agree that the Raptors are as good as they can get right now, nowhere near championship form, and you don't trade them, then you're. what are you expecting? What are you expecting from the team? So that's the issue, Ben. Yeah, and that's that's an interesting move. And if you sort of bank on that Lowry Fred backcourt and then Lowry leaves, you're relying upon Terrence Davis, Malachi Flynn, Matt Thomas. I'm high on Malachi in the long term, and I think Terrence Davis could be good in the long term as well. But as of next season, I don't see them as legitimate starters for this roster. And you're getting John Collins to be a winning team. No one wants this team to to tank or I I made the heated argument saying that this team should not tank in the last video so that's that's the direction for this team but it's really interesting and I get where people are coming from with the move Kyle Lowry rather than Norman Powell because I think Kyle Lowry is in a mode right now where he wants to win a championship to end out his career or at least be on a Raptors team that's competitive to to send off into the sunset and finish it retire the greatest raptor of all time he'll do that regardless right now depending you know maybe siakam or fred van vliet are next in line to become all multi-time all-stars and stuff but certainly too early to tell with them but it's interesting the the lowry versus and clearly kyle lowry wouldn't go to the atlanta hawks they picked up rajon rondo trey young and chris dunn in terms of the point guard position they don't really need another veteran to give up a lot of assets for so we're, we're keeping him out of the question of actually going to atlanta but you look at the value John Collins could potentially provide. He averaged actually 22 points per game last season, so even better than this year. So there's a lot of potential there. Could definitely be a positive asset, but it's tough to give up those assets as a team. As you mentioned it, there's a lot that goes into managing a roster. But I guess that's I don't something think that from any the side trade of happens. Let me just say this, Ben, yep. before we finish. I don't think any trade happens to team trade. And that's because I agree mm-hmm. with you. Lowry seems to be the most likely to get moved in terms of what makes the most sense for the Raptors moving forward is you want to keep normal around. You want to trade for a big, well, who are the bigs that are on the block right now? Cavaliers and Atlanta Hawks players. Neither of them need point guards. So Mm -hmm. this only makes sense. And especially if you're saying we want to trade Lowry to win now, Philadelphia has to come into the mix. Miami has to come into the mix. You know, even a, even a Bradley Beal rumor, trade you're, you'd have to three team it because they're not going to one for one with yeah. kyle lowry plus whoever else you want to add so the three team ones that's when it gets really complicated i hope to see something happen because i really like the idea of these guys potentially coming in but we'll see as the as the sort of story develops 
Yeah, and to go back to the video we made that on Kyle Lowry potentially getting moved because that was an actual report that came out, the rumors that people within the Raptors front office are willing to move on from Lowry. Some people, it's a, it's a debate, internal debate. If Lowry were to get moved, I definitely like the return of John Collins over an Andre Drummond, over a Duncan Robinson, the guys that we brought up in the previous video. But let us know what you guys think. It's always fun talking about trades, speculating about these sort of things before they happen. But you guys are the best to make this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all the cool stuff. Check out the website, raptorsdigest.ca, for lots of cool articles, lots of everything popping on over there. So check that out. Check out Raptors Digest TikTok. We're plugging everything. Riker, you have any last words? Cheers, Ben. That's it.